0: You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Also give this podcast a follow as well. That is simply at Locked On Cubs. Hope everyone's having themselves a fine Tuesday. Sorry this didn't come at you in the morning, but uh, hopefully you're listening to it on your way home from work. And it was an easy work day. A nice little chill Tuesday, right? I like a chill Tuesday and a chill Wednesday before you ramp it up at the end of the week and you get crazy on the weekend. Am I right? This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rockauto.com, everybody reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Tell them lockdown sent you. All right. On today's episode, I will take a look at Justin Steele's second start. That's right. The young lefty, the rookie for the Cubs made his second start of the season last night in Cincinnati. We'll take a look at the X's and O's there. Then I also would like to talk about how the Cubs it's been announced. The Cubs and reds will be facing off in the field of dreams game in 2022. I believe August 11th is the date that was announced. And I'll take another look at a free agent I believe the Cubs should target. There's a lot of them out there, but this one, I'm going to make a case. What I'm doing is making a case. And yesterday's episode, I made a case for Nick cassianos And this one, I'm going to make a case for one. Should I, should I wait? Should I wait? Should I tell you right now? Or should I wait? I'll tell you right now. I don't need to play games. Corey Seeger. I'm going to take a look at Corey Seeger, everyone. Oh, a little side note, by the way, uh speaking of would be free agents, This one guy who plays third base for the Giants. The Giants also started him in center field. So he's played center field and third base for the San Francisco Giants. He had two home runs last night, two bombs. He's got 21 on the season. You know, he's probably going to finish with around 30 home runs. And this player's name is Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, everyone. Also, Chris Bryant, you know, there's some talks on Twitter right now about some comments he made after the game and the post-game interview. And I think some people are reading them the wrong way. He basically was talking about the fit. And how he's really happy to be playing in San Francisco. A few things before I get into exactly what was said. Every player says they're happy in their new home. (laughs) I don't know of any time a player's been traded and after three weeks, because it's been about three weeks now, right? Today's August 17th, where they say, oh, man, I'm homesick. I miss my previous team so much. I text him at night going, are you up? Like, that's how much I miss the Cubs all the time, you know? I'm texting vendors. I'm texting fans. It's just, you know, I cry out my window and just I stare in the direction that I think Chicago is, but I found out my window is actually facing the Pacific, so it's the wrong way. But either way, I'm upset, you know? No no players ever – and Chris Bryant isn't that guy either. Chris Bryant's a smart guy who I don't think he's lying when he says the things he's saying, but he's definitely – I, I believe them when he says he's feeling great in San Francisco and how the fit makes sense for him right now. But I also don't read too much into when players celebrate their new places of business. Javi says he's having fun with the Mets. Rizzo's having fun with the Yankees. Uh, Kimbrel hasn't been pitching that great, so maybe he's not having that much fun this off set. But he didn't have to move. right? He just had to drive in a different direction. I imagine he drives. I don't think he's a red line guy. So it's just, you know. And can I blame Chris Bryant for being happy? In his new home. Isn't that a new hit song right now? It's like, you're you good for you. You look happy and healthy. Yeah, Chris Bryant, you look happy and healthy, my friend. Good for you. I can't blame him. Think about Chris Bryant's mental makeup over the last three seasons. Literally since the offseason going into 2019, did the trade rumors begin? So he's had to deal with these trade rumors the 2018 or 2019 season, I apologize, the 2020 season, and of course it finally came to fruition at the trade deadline in 2021. That's not a fun place to be in. And I know, I know, oh, they're professionals. They're making millions of dollars, TFB for them, and all that kind of stuff. I understand that, but your reality is your reality. And in his reality, he's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I was, in 2015, I was rookie of the year. In 2016, I was MVP. We won a World Series, something that hadn't happened here in 108 years. We saw these signs and saying, please just win one before I die. And if you win one, I'll be happy, and all this stuff. 2017, I had almost a better year than I did when I won the MVP 2018. I got hurt still 20% above league average that season. People forget that, but he did miss 60 games comes 195 probably could have won over hundred if he was healthy. And he's thinking where, why, why did they want to trade me? And then it goes back to the whole Scott Boris thing, which one of the San Francisco reporters. And by the way, I keep saying good for you a lot today. Good for the San Francisco reporter who asked this question. I like a lot of the local Chicago media that covers the team. I really do. I'm not just saying that because I might bump into them here or there, but I, I legitimately think they're pretty solid except for direct questions. They never answer the simply direct, hey, what is it? They go around things a lot, and it's so annoying. A reporter asked him, hey, you're a Scott Boris client, and there's no way Boris is going to let you test for agency, right? He goes, it's my sh- – I'm the boss. Chris Bryant said that. He goes, I, I make the rules. So if San Francisco wants to extend me before free agency, we'll we'll gladly talk about it, is what he said. And uh, it's just, you know, I I really think there was this whole notion that, oh, he's a Boris client, they'll do whatever Boris says and all this kind of stuff. I think they trust him. I think there's a reason you sign with one Scott Boris, because he does have a very impressive track record. But at the end of the day, every player knows that the agent works for you. That's why you give them 10%. That's just... And I, I, I keep going back to this thing. Maybe it's my own little cubby conspiracy theory that the whole notion of he's a Boris guy, he's a Boris guy, he's a Boris guy, was actually put out there by the team and maybe the front office. A front office I'm a big fan of. Although Jed still has to prove himself a little bit. I'm a diehard Theo guy. Everyone knows that. I was a Theo guy since 2006. I was. I read a book called Mind Game, how the 2004 Boston Red Sox were put together. And the book had several chapters about Theo. I remember thinking way back then, man, why can't the Cubs have a guy like this? Why can't we have a, you know, he's 28 years old when the Red Sox won in 04? why can't we have some young guy that just thinks differently and is a smart guy and has, has stones, has the guts to make moves that might be unpopular at the time. Why can't we have that guy? And who knows? Maybe Jed will be that guy. Maybe everyone we get back from the big three traded will become all stars. And then I'll say, all right, yeah, fine. It still will never change the fact that my anger was always towards ownership for putting them in this position. San Francisco Giants have the best record in baseball right now, and they are, still have their big three guys from offensive guys, I should say, from when they won in 2010, 2012, and 2014, that being Buster Posey, Brandon Belt, and Brandon Crawford. There's a way to do both. Obviously, they dipped down and were bad for a few seasons, so they they got some high draft picks. But, you know, look at the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox traded Mookie Betts before last season started, and now here they are one year later, one season later, back in the playoff hunt, looking like a contender in the American League. I I just think the Cubs should do that. Sorry I keep going back and forth on this, but I feel like it's an issue that just cannot be understated enough that there is a way to contend while developing. Big market teams do it. The Cubs should be part of that. And I think the Cubs put themselves in this position by just making the wrong moves over the last few seasons. And, yes, some of that goes in the front office, but some of it also goes on an ownership group that kind of like the idea of rebuilding again. I think they knew it. And if this is going to be the Cubs pattern, being bad for three or, f- or, or not spending for three or four years, I should say, because they weren't bad, bad. But but who knows how much longer it's going to be? I mean, obviously won the division in 2020 and 2019. They were competitive up until like the last month. And then 2018, they had that collapse at the end, but still won 95 games. My point on this is, it's this is year one of the rebuild. 2022 is year two. So if they don't spend in 2022, that's year two. I don't want people going like that's year one. Then 20. 20- 23, if they spend and do some stuff, great. You know what I mean? Then that's the start because before this was, it, the last rebuild was three years, 2012 to 2014. This rebuild starts in 2021. I don't care what anyone says. It started when they started with trading you Darvish. They completed the rest of it. They secretly wanted that. That's why you traded you Darvish. You keep you Darvish, they're probably close enough where they can't just trade everyone off. They weren't going to do what the White Sox did in 1997 trading three starting pitchers when they were game and a half out of first place. They they, they they know they're not good at PR, Cubs ownership, but they're not so stupid where they would have traded off Rizzo, Javi, and Bryant while still, being, while still sniffing a playoff spot is my point. Now, I wanted to lead off talking about Justin Steele, but the Chris Bryant comments were just something too interesting not to. So we'll get into the Justin Steele talk. I will wrap this up, uh, the Chris Bryant chapter of this podcast up by saying he made a point in which he said, look, I'm happy here. Things are different. I, I like that. You know, everyone just kind of puts their head down and plays hard. You know, we're not a flashy team. When you say we're not a flashy team, a lot of people interpret that as, oh, that's a knock on Javi and Wilson. Maybe, maybe, but that's also the bad nature that we're falling into as social media consumers in which we're assuming the worst and misreading people's words a lot. Nobody can miss, if you say anything in a public forum, it's never you misspoke. Because literally, if you just say a word or two wrong, which happens in real life when you're talking to your friends face to face all the time. And then you could go, what would you mean by that? You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to say it like that. And then, oh, yeah, it's cool. We're, we're fine. We're buddies again. But there was no follow-up to that. I think Bryant basically meant that, or maybe he didn't like playing with Javi's Flash, but I think he meant like this team has my style. Now, saying that does not mean you hate other styles. If I say I love cheeseburgers and you respond with Joe Kilgallen hates hot dogs, I would think you're a crazy person. But I'm seeing a lot of that. I think people are kind of stretching things out because maybe they secretly like drama. They're bored. I get it. But that's also just how social media operates. People go, oh, so you must mean this then. No. Like when Jake Arrieta got released, everybody, before the announcement happened, and we all kind of saw the writing on the wall because he was really bad and he didn't help his case afterwards in the press conference. I simply tweeted, Jake Arrieta was 2-0 in the 2016 World Series. I had people commenting going, so you'd rather keep Jake Arrieta? And I'm like, where did you get that? I'm not, there's nothing to do with it. I know the writing on the wall and Jake Arrieta is going to be bye-bye from the Chicago Cubs. I'm saying something positive about his time here because I don't want it to crush his legacy. Because father time gets everybody. And Jake hasn't had it for a few years now, but I don't, I think it's unfair to immediately be like, well, he was never good in the first place and because that's just crazy. And people do that sometimes. So no, I don't think Chris has a problem with Javi. I, I, I just feel like Chris is the type of guy who his whole career, if he hits the ball on the ground, he runs hard to first. The number of plays he's made closer than they should have been by putting his head down and running hard is a lot. That's the type of guy he is. So I think that's what he meant. He meant this team has, this Giants team he's talking about, had more of his style of play like that. Maybe he meant that as opposed to other teams he could have ended up with. And maybe he was kind of saying like, ah, Javi and Willie kind of flip the bat around and do some stuff. They don't run out of the box all the way, all the, always, and all other things like that. And maybe he didn't like that, which is he's entitled to. But that doesn't mean he didn't like them as people. That did not mean he didn't enjoy the hell out of his time in Chicago, because trust me, he did. It doesn't mean any of that. Sometimes you just take things at face value and you don't have to interpret them into some deeper meaning. And Ooh, Ooh, I wonder if Chris Bryant had a problem with blank player too. Like it, why does it have to be that way? You know, I just feel like Chris has moved on to another team and his fans. We should move on to, I'll always root for the guy. How could you not? He's brought so much joy to my life as a fan. I will continue to root him on now. Obviously at the Cubs and giants face each other in the NLCS in the near future, I will be rooting for the Cubs. Of course. I will not be rooting for Chris Bryant at all. I mean, if he wants to go four for four every game, but then his team loses eight nothing every game, bravo. I'd be very happy with that. Very happy with that. Bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action over at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA. NHL and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or cell phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action as teams prep for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your cell phone and sign up today and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. The Cubs got destroyed last night by a score of fourteen to five. To the Cincinnati runs over, over out at the Great American Ballpark. Man, the Cubs are in a historically bad stretch, everyone. That is now 12 losses in a row, uh, beating their previous of 11 losses in a row. Someone made a joke, on you take away those two losing streaks, the Cubs are a little over five i <laughs> I'm like, all right, uh, it's been bad. Let's just go around the box score really quickly. It's always one guy that seems to really hurt the team as far as the offense goes. Uh, Matt Duffy, who's been turning it on as of late. Matt Duffy's actually hitting about 300 over his last seven games. He is, or 15 games, I should say. He's hitting 298 his last 15 games. Matt Duffy played third base. He went two for five out of the leadoff spot. Very good. That's very good at the leadoff. Frank Schwindel, the old uh, creative player, uh, went two for five. As well, I think he had two doubles. I know I saw one double live. No, he had one double. I'm sorry, It's had seven doubles. He's being an expert base hit machine. Patty Wisdom is slumping as of late. OPS down to 855, and the strikeouts are really starting to dial up. He went 0 for 4 with 3Ks left, four on base. I still like that swing. I like that he was hot. Then he cooled down. Then he went and made some adjustments. He got hot again. Now it seems like he's in a little funk. I don't know. It's so hard to write him off or, or say, like, oh, maybe he was just hot those last couple months. Because, again, 18 home runs is still impressive. Play him every day. This is what this is for. I still say play him every day. There's no sense in treating him like he's not an everyday starter. Make – pretend like he is an everyday starter. Let's see what we really got. Bodie went one for four. Torinos, I really like him as a backup catcher to Wilson Contreras. They're countrymen as well. Yeah, bring him back as a backup catcher. I'm totally cool with that. Miguel Amaya needs more time anyway. Torinos is one for three with two RBI. Nice, solid game there. He got hit by a pitch as well, so he was on base half the time. Jason Hayward went one for four. And uh, Fargus, who? <laughs> he went over three. And then uh messing around, obviously. Alcon- went one for three with a walk in the eight hole. Justin Steele's pitching line. This is really what we want to talk about, everyone, It's Justin Steele. He went four innings, five hits, two runs, two earned. Three walk, five strikeouts, one home run given up. His ERA is at 3.22 on the season. Now, two earned in four innings is all right. The four innings we would like to be stretched out more. He went 82 pitches. What I liked, here's the positives. Let's focus on some positives here. Justin Steele got in and out of trouble. He had a few innings there, he had three innings in a row where you're like, oh man, he is dodging bullets. But mate, this is great though. He's making good pitches. When there's runners on base, he's really showing some poise. This is a nice thing to see out of a guy who's just making his second start, pitching for a team that is spiraling and doesn't seem to have, you know, any hope of turning anything around. You know, it's got to it's got to be hard to go to the the ballpark every day under these circumstances. Now, if the Cubs started the season with this team and were just a bad team throughout with this team, then you it's it's a different mindset as a player. But knowing. That, you know, you got gutted at the trade deadline and all these guys that you were at spring training with and were teammates over the last few years, them being gone and then just questioning everything about your future. Do you fit into the plans? Uh, you know, what's this? Is this really going to be a full on rebuild? Or are they going to go out there and sign some free agents? Like, right, There's a lot of questions, a lot of things going around. Steel, though, is a guy that you need to really get excited about his stuff, though, because he was touching 97, 98 miles per hour. He struck out Nick Castellanos on a nasty 97 mile an hour fastball inside, and Castellanos walked off just knowing it. And when they are teammates next year, when the Cubs go out and sign Nick Castellanos to a five year deal, which by the way is fine because he could play the outfield for three of those years, and then the DH is coming, they're going to laugh about it. Castellanos will be like, "Hey, remember when you struck me out?" I'm like, "I do remember that. That's why you signed with us. I don't want to strike you out anymore, right? Ah, I'm just razzing you, right?" They're going to. It's going to be joyous. Five strikeouts in four innings. Got a lot of bats to swing and miss. That was nice to see. The walks kind of hurt him, though. Three walks. I don't know if he was trying to be a little too fine or just, you know, it's all a work in progress with Justin Steele again. Only his second major league start. You got to give him some time on this. Look to see those moments. The moments like when you struck on Nick Castellanos. The moment where he works out of the jams early, you know. Those are what you like to see. And showing some, flashing some leather. A really nice defensive play. Uh, Wade Miley, the pitcher for the Reds tried a suicide squeeze, and Justin Steele in one motion, glove scooped it, flipped it over to Chirinos for the out. Great play. Again, I am really like what I'm seeing from Justin Steele. I think the arrow is pointing up for that young man. I really do believe that. And Keegan Thompson, I should have mentioned this on yesterday's podcast. I did not get to it. He has been lights out since he's moved to the starting role with the Iowa Cubs. Keegan Thompson went four and a third, perfect innings, striking out seven. No hits, no walks. That's what that means. Perfect, everyone. And seven Ks and four innings, that's great. So I believe, I'm not sure, it has not been announced yet, but he should be making a start with us soon. I don't know, because he only went four and a third, they're kind of thinking, eh, let's try to get him up to five innings down there before we bring him back. Not bring him back, but bring him east to Chicago. It's basically straight east from Des Moines. Let's let's see. So maybe they're going to stretch him out a little bit, but if Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele look like the, the guys that they, I mean, they got great stuff. The stuff plays, but if they finish the year strong and you could pencil those two into the rotation to go along with Hendricks and Adbert, and I know Adbert has to work on some stuff, then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? We got Millsy too. They could go out and get themselves a Marcus Stroman, or if they're not taking that bigger risk, why not try to convince Max Scherzer to sign with the Cubs? He's 37 years old, but still a top 15 pitcher in the league. He could He'll take a two-year deal. Be like, hey man, everyone should pitch in Wrigley once. I know people are like oh, he wants to win. He just won a World Series ring. That's what you could sell him on. Be like, hey, two years with an option year. It could be his option if you want. I would I, I think he'd be I think he's still gonna be really awesome for the next two seasons because his fastball is not slowed down. Do I want to give next shirts or three years? I don't know. Three years would be a tough sell for me, to be honest with you. Stroman's a guy I'd give four, four years to. Four four years seems like a good one for Marcus Stroman. But they definitely need another pitcher in free agency. But if they go in the year with the four I just named, Hendricks, Adbert, Thompson, Steele, Mills as your five. I don't know if I love I kind of like Mills as the swing guy they've been using. I know he's been pitching really well of late. But then, you know, go out, but go out and get just one really good starting pitcher. Get get a one of the top five arms that are going to be available this upcoming offseason, which I'll dig deeper into and, and make you a list for everyone. Get one of them. Because you're going to need innings eaters while the while the hitters are developing and while other pitchers are developing, Ryan Jensen has been tearing it up lately. He's probably not too far off. He was one of the Cubs' draft, top draft picks in 2019. Jordan Wicks, when he shows up, people think are projecting him to be a guy that won't be in the minors for too long because he's so well polished already. So yeah, you don't. I'm not saying go out and sign another John Lester six year deal, but if you could find like a good, savvy guy who's like a number two number three starter but stroman even projects as an ace he's a guy that i would really like i like what he would bring to a team he looks like a great teammate sounds like a great teammate from what he everyone says about him and um and i think i like i like the fit in chicago with marcus stroman wild alaskan company everybody we all know how important it is to be eating your fish so you can get those omega threes and that protein but the seafood counter can be intimidating which fish tastes the best what type of cut all that jazz right Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of the buying wild caught seafood equation. You're used to having lots of choices when it comes to what you eat, but what matters is where your food comes from as well. Get your nutrition from nature. The Wild Alaskan Company sources wild caught seafood from Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Delivers high quality, sustainably sourced wild caught seafood right to your door. You can choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination. And every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. And right now, you can get 15 bucks off your first box of premium seafood when you visit WildAlaskanCompany.com slash MLB. That's right, $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit WildAlaskanCompany.com slash MLB. WildAlaskanCompany.com slash MLB. Let them know Lockdown sent you. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your autosy an LX or an EX and wait for the person behind the counter to be looking on their computer? Take get rid of the middleman, right? You have computers at home, you got a cell phone? Rockauto.com is the place to be. Save time and money. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low for every customer. So here's what you want to do. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Again, rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, talking free agency. I'm already like thinking ahead here a little bit. I think it's a fun thing to do. As much as we're keeping our eye on the farm and what players are doing what, But Brennan Davis probably needs a promotion to AAA soon. I'm going to have an episode or so where we really dive into the prospects. Uh, I wanted to give them a little more time to get acclimated. You know what I mean? There are some... Baseball America, just real quick, they dropped their top farm systems and had the Cubs all the way at 24th where everyone else was just like, wait, what? Fangraphs had us at 8th. Fangress is more about talent, where I guess Baseball America is more about how many guys you have that are about to show up next season. And that is true. The majority of the Cubs' talent, and it is super talent, is in the lower levels. Brennan Davis and Miguel. Brennan Davis, I think, will be up in late May, early June of next season. If not, maybe earlier. Where... Amaya's injury really set him back and Marquez's injury set him back. And Marquez had COVID. Now, the two of those guys, had they played full healthy seasons this year, they'd probably be ready to knock on the door in 2022 as well. And that may have changed everything as far as the Cubs approach this year and the CBA. There's there's too many things up in the air as a fan to really enjoy yourself too much with some of this stuff because it's like, we want to know. I want to know a path. I was 100% supportive of the last rebuild because there was a clear path and there was a clear need, right? A lot of deadweight contracts at the time. And they also had uh, a horrible farm system then. But now I'm very excited about this farm system. I believe Fangrass is right around number eight. Keith Law, I think it has at like 13 or 14. And there's some other publications. At the very worst, we're still in the top half of farm systems. And getting better because as those young guys mature, you know, they always do their rankings again at the end of the season. They'll look back and be like, wow, this guy was great. This guy was great. Let's move him up a little bit. All that kind of stuff. So it's... Things are still looking up in that regard. Now, free agency, I wanted to take a look at Corey Seager. Now, he is a shortstop, but he could easily slide over to third base or even second base, he kind of as a Chase Utley-type build, so I could see him excelling at second base. He's been an above-average defensive shortstop pretty much all of his career except this past season where he's slightly below defensively. Now, this year, he's only played 52 games. He got banged up and has been injured. He's recently come back. And last year, he played 52 games, but it was only a 60-game season. So he was fully healthy last year and had a really wonderful playoff stretch, too. He was big for them in the playoffs in the World Series. Last year, 2020, which, again, is a season I've said to people I don't put too much stock into because it was a short season and all that other stuff, but he did hit 307, 585 slugging. I mean, 152 weighted runs created plus, 52% above league average. There was just a lot to like from him at 1.9 war and only 52 games is great, too, by the way. Uh, His best seasons were his, he kind of had like a Chris Bryant trajectory. You know, in 2016, he was rookie of the year, but was flirting with MVP 6.9 war. The next season, 2017, he had a six war 2018. He was injured, only played 26 games 2019. He had a really solid year coming off the injury, played 134 games that year, only had 19 home runs, but did drive in 87. Here's what I like about him with the Cubs fit. He walks around 10% of the time, but he also strikes out around 17 to 18% of the time. He is a high contact bat. And as a lefty, the Cubs need to get left-handed. Right now, a lot of the prospects, again, a lot of these guys are years away though, but Brendan Davis is right-handed. Nico Horner's right-handed. Nick Madrigal's right-handed. Wilson Contreras is right-handed. Nick Castellanos, the other guy I want them to target, is right-handed. So, you know, even the two of the guys that you might want, three of the guys that you might want to keep over who are showing some promise in this horrible 2021 season, Matt Duffy, Patrick wisdom, Frank Schwindel, all right-handed off the bench. David Bodie, right-handed, hopefully off the bench, Jason Hayward. There's a lefty, but they need to, Ortega is left-handed, which is nice, but you need another left-handed bat. Right. And, and Ian Happ. Yeah, he's left-handed too, but what could you really trust out of Ian Happ going forward? As much as I hate to say that it's a truth fact. So that's where I think Corey Seager is a good fit. And also because of the injuries, and look, Corey Seager's only 27, too. So signing Corey Seager to a multi-year deal shouldn't scare you. Now, if you're still gun-shy from the Jason Hayward deal where Jason Hayward was coming into, I think he was 26, 27, we signed him, don't be. Just don't be. Because, yes, do a lot of free agent contracts, not work out. Anthony Rendon was coming off of an MVP season with the Nationals in 2019. Angels signed him. Everyone around baseball is a great signing by the Angels. Rendon to go along with Shohei and Trout. Unreal. And Rendon's been bad. It's been a bad contract for them. I think he was good while he played, but he's been hurt and banged up. It happens, but you cannot get gun-shy about big deals because one guy was a bad deal. Teams that operate like that are going to find themselves like that middle-of-the-road thing where, yeah, they might flirt with playoffs every so often, but they're never going to – you just can't be afraid. And I hope Jed Hoyer's not. I really don't. I just don't – and Jed – by the way, Corey Seager, because of the injury, I think his – He's still a youth, though, now that I say it out loud. My point is, he's not going to cost $300 million. He's probably not even going to cost $200 million. I bet you could get him for like six years, 170, six years, 155. That's my guess. And because he's coming off an injury year, he'll probably want an opt out in there. Fine, give him an opt out at, at three seasons. Yeah, three years would be perfect for an opt out for him. That way he could re enter free agency at the age of 30 as like a third baseman. Because look, I know we have a lot of talent at the shortstop position. Like, we've got three guys who project, if they keep on the path they're on now, Christian Hernandez, you know, Ed Howard had a really rough start of the year, but he missed the last season before with, you know, COVID in 2020. But he's been really looking a lot better now in that glove plays. And I know he could shift into to second base and all that stuff. But we got about three guys who, if they keep the path they're on, could be all-stars in this league. Christian Hernandez is another big name. My point is they're still three years away. So you get yourself a Corey Seager. He plays shortstop for about three years. You can move him over to third base. You can move him to second base. You know, there'll be a DH eventually then. Maybe he shifts over to left field or something. There's just there's, there's places to go with him is my greater overall point with one Corey Seager. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Corey Seager. He fits in their new model of high-contact bats. You know, you, you bring him in. You got him, Nico, Madrigal. See, it's a lot of high-contact bats now. That that changes the whole makeup of the team. And then you bring in Castellanos and you let Wilson be Wilson. Now you got some thunder in the middle of that lineup, too, which is what we need as Cubs fans. We need that thunder. All right, you guys have been amazing. This has been Locked on Cubs for Tuesday, August 17th. I hope you're all doing well. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.